Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Senator Pat Toomey out of that glorious tune last time. I thought we would go a little long with it. Hi, Pat. Sue, it is really helpful for me to get my bearings to know that I am on your show when uh, when we hear a little rambling man by the Allman Brothers. Uh, good morning. Thanks for uh, thanks for setting the world straight there. I'm, I'm glad. It's my job to set the world straight, and uh, it's your job to answer our questions about what is going on in Washington, and I appreciate your participation in this. We all know that uh, this health care legislation, uh, Graham Cassidy, is being talked about a lot. Since you are there on the ground, can you give us its merits and its demerits? Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, I mean, its merits are that it would be a big step uh, in the direction of allowing states and individuals to have control of their health care rather than the federal bureaucracy. Uh, its merits include that it repeals the completely unconstitutional mandate on individuals to buy a particular federally approved health insurance plan. It lifts the mandate on business to... Uh, offer health insurance plans, which in its current form really prevents job creation. Uh, it repeals the medical device tax, which is costing us jobs in Pennsylvania and, and across the country. The, uh, the other idea of this is to take the money that is currently allocated by the federal government through Obamacare to people who buy their health insurance on the individual exchange market and uh, the states that took the Medicaid expansion, uh, roll that up into a big ball and then just allocate it to the states uh, in proportion to the state's uh, low-income population rather than with regard to whether or not a a state took the Medicaid expansion, for instance, or how much a state spends on Medicaid. So it's a different approach. Uh, I think it is an improvement over the current system. It's not perfect. It's not uh, entirely comprehensive. As I think I've mentioned to you before, Sue, my view is there is no one perfect uh, silver bullet to set health care straight in America in terms of legislation. It's going to take a whole series of uh, reforms. But this would be a constructive step in the right direction, I believe. As I understand it, I was on the phone with Senator Graham several times over the weekend um, to work on um, some refinements that will be helpful for Pennsylvania. Um, So we'll see. I I, I don't know what the prospects are. Uh, We've got uh, one or two pretty firm no votes among Republican senators that we know of, and we can only afford to lose two. 
So uh, it's looking like a very close call right now. Um, and I, I let us know, how, what do you think about it uh, today? Would you vote for it? Well, I want to see the actual uh, bill. Uh, I understand that there were changes made over the weekend. Uh, if the changes are written and work the way I think they are and the way they were explained to me and the way they're intended, then I would vote for the bill. Uh, but I, I do want to make sure that we get a chance to look at it. The earliest, my understanding is the earliest we could possibly have a vote would be Wednesday. So that will give us a chance to uh, examine this uh, thoroughly. And uh, that's what we'll do. Now, in a situation like this, there is a lot of controversy over, you know, people that may be uh, left behind, marginalized, hurt by this. How much consideration do you give those voices of dissent when people say, well, this could hurt uh, various individuals who may not receive what they did receive before, and uh, it may impact um how much health care they get or if it cuts them out entirely. How do you address the, that kind of um, blowback on this? Well, I mean, I listen to what people have to say. There are people who make some reasonable and thoughtful arguments against this. Uh, so I want to understand their arguments. Uh, some are, as I say, thoughtful and reasonable. In other cases, it's people that are simply arguing their own self-interest, which is fine. That's a, a legitimate point, but it's not necessarily always going to be persuasive. And I try to balance it. You know, what, what, what are we accomplishing here, and what is it costing? Uh, you know, I, am, uh, I still remain convinced that Obamacare is a failure. The individual exchange markets, which is what we're talking about here, right? We're not talking about employer-sponsored health insurance, where half of all Americans get their health insurance. We're not talking about Medicare, which is health insurance for elderly people. We're talking about a portion of Medicaid, health insurance for the poor, and the folks who buy their health insurance through the individual markets, which Obamacare basically took over. Uh, so... The, you know, I think we have to consider where we go from here in the context of this failure that we've inherited and the fact that it's not sustainable. All right. All right. I saw somewhere that if September 30th comes and nothing is done, nothing will get done. Is that right on this? Well, uh, in the short run, that is correct. We have a uh, procedural tool that's available to us that allows us to pass health care legislation in the Senate with a simple majority of votes, with just with 51 votes. And since no Democrats are going to work with us on anything that resembles a repeal of uh, much of Obamacare, we have to do it with just Republican votes. That tool expires on September 30th. Now, we could create that tool again for the next fiscal year uh, if we, you know, have the will to do that. Uh, but, but if we fail this week on this effort after it'll be the second time we've gotten very close and, and failed, which I hope if we don't fail, but if, but if we do, uh, we might be stuck with Obamacare for a little while. But I don't think we can give up because, as I said, it, it is collapsing and um, we're going to have to deal with it. Senator John McCain, of course, has been the most, I believe, public no 
on this. Uh, how do you feel about that? You, you all are entitled to your votes and, and you vote accordingly, but uh, have you had the opportunity maybe to speak to him about this? Yeah, I have, and I have tremendous respect for John McCain. I think he's a great American, uh, a great hero, a great patriot. I just disagree with his conclusion and his rationale. I mean, what he has said is he objects, I think, most strenuously to the fact that it has not been a bipartisan exercise to get here. And it is factually correct that it has not been bipartisan, but the reason is that every single Democrat in the Senate has made it abundantly clear they have no interest and no willingness to work with us on anything that repeals the essential parts of Obamacare. Well, I and pretty much every Republican I know that's run for federal office has made a commitment to our constituents that we would repeal Obamacare. We've made that for seven years now. Um, so I think we have an obligation to carry through. That means it will be a Republican-only exercise at this stage. But here's the thing, Sue. As I mentioned earlier, this isn't the final word on health care reform by any stretch of the imagination. If we could pass this, we start to move down the field in a different direction, away from Obamacare's federal government control of your personal health care decisions. And once we get that done, I think the Democrats at some point will feel they don't want to be permanently left out of the health care discussion forever just because once upon a time there was a thing called Obamacare. So we need to take this step, and then I think there's all kinds of opportunities to work with Democrats going forward. All right, and we know the other big piece of legislation that you are very, very, very involved in is is, is tax cuts. And um, is, is that still something that could actually happen in this calendar year. Yeah, I'm a lot more optimistic about tax reform than I am about our prospects of getting health care reform done. And and it's true that, that uh, we are contemplating a net tax cut uh, by some measures, uh, but I actually think that the tax reform is mostly reforming our terrible tax code, making it simpler, lowering rates, giving middle-class families a reduction in their total tax burden, making American business more competitive. If we do those things, we're going to have a surge of economic growth, and a bigger economy will mean more federal tax revenue over time. So I don't think this is going to increase our deficit. I think it's going to reduce our deficit. But more importantly, it's going to create jobs and elevate people's income and, and our standard of living. And so that I'm really excited about it. There are some things that are happening now, Pat, that seem to indicate that maybe there is an improvement economically in the country. Do you believe that or not? Because we see the GDP is is revised, and we see that the uh, the number of people working, or actually the the unemployment number, seems to be going down. And um, between the ADP report, which comes out, and it often shows a much bigger growth than the BLS one, and I don't know how that's reconciled, but are you seeing things here that you find that perhaps something is getting a little bit better? Um, I think the answer is yes. Uh, there's no question we had a strong first quarter of uh, economic growth. Uh, the unemployment rate has continued to trend lower. And recently, there have even been some modest increases in average hourly wages. So all of that is in the right direction. But it's not nearly as strong as I think it could be and, and really should be. So 
you know, I'll take the progress, but I want a lot more. And that's uh, a big part of what tax reform is all about. Okay. And, and how, how is that working out? What, what is being done right now? And how public is the proposal for all this, if you could help us out on that? Yeah, yeah, good question. So, so one is on the process and one on the substance. On the substance, on what this actually is going to look like, uh, we're going to have uh, a release on Wednesday, which will reflect a consensus document, a consensus outline of what this tax reform is going to look like. And I think it's going to be fairly detailed. So people will be able to read this. I think it will be widely publicized. I think the president will give prominent speeches about it. And it reflects a sort of common view of uh, Senate Republicans, House Republicans, and the White House about where we're going to go. So very soon, I think we're going to see a lot of specifics. As far as the process goes, uh, this does bear a procedural similarity to the health care bill in that we need to pass legislation to give us the procedural tools to pass tax reform with a simple majority because, once again, we will get very few, if any, Democrats to work with us on this tax reform. So the point of that is you will have milestones that you will be able to see whether or not we're hitting these milestones. It's, it's called a budget resolution. And the uh, Senate needs to pass one. I think we've got an agreement on what that's going to look like. But look for the Senate Budget Committee to pass a resolution within the next few weeks. Look for that to pass on the Senate floor. If we are doing those things, then we are moving down the path of ultimately getting tax reform done. If we are not getting those things done, then there's a problem. And uh, that'll, be, uh, that'll be the indication throughout the process. And finally, uh, the situation in North Korea seems to be incredibly troubling to so many people. But, Pat, I know that a lot of individuals are they're fearful that there would be some kind of a military escalation. They would like to see the end of this regime in North Korea, but they have a bad feeling at times about what we call regime change because, you know, you take out a devil and you get a devil. And where do you stand on all this now? Because it does seem to be terribly concerning to so many, but uh, they have their reasons to worry about uh, some things that didn't work out in the past. Yeah, it's a very, very difficult situation. A few basic things that I think... Uh, people should understand there is, I'm not aware of anybody who has any interest in a ground war in North Korea, anybody who has any interest in occupying North Korea or trying to build a new society in North Korea. I mean, I have no interest in any of that. I don't know any colleagues who do. Having said that, I'm also very, very concerned that we can't have that really evil uh, regime able to threaten the United States with nuclear weapons, and that is his goal. So I'm in favor of putting the maximum possible amount of sanctions, which, by the way, we have not done yet, and I have legislation that would do that. I'm in favor of that. Uh, I would hope that it would in, it eventually result in the collapse of this regime, because I do think that I don't think we can do worse than this regime. They are so evil, what they do to their own people how they threaten uh, the rest of the world is very, very serious. Um, but I acknowledge it's a very tough, tough situation because they have 
literally millions of civilians in Seoul that they indirectly hold hostage by virtue of a massive artillery capability that is aimed at Seoul. So it's a really tough situation, Sue. Indeed. Pat Toomey, thanks for checking in with us. We appreciate your participation in our show each and every month. All right. Well, thanks for having me, and thanks for the return of the Allman Brothers. Yes, the return of the Allman Brothers. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 